are listening to Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia. This is your host, Topazu, and you are just listening to We Miss Octavia Butler. That is the uh, second track off of Mark Kate's beautiful new release, Despair, which uh, just came out on Failing Forms. Uh, according to his website, Despair is in many ways a response to the tech culture assault on San Francisco and the world, end quote. Uh, it's sort of a record, uh, it's using synthesizers, technology, sort of as an outlet to respond to technology itself, um, and also the effect it has on our own human experiences. Highly recommended. It. It's a beautiful record. I think it's really fascinating. Excellent release. And you can pick up a physical cassette or CD copy uh, at Aquarius Records here in the Mission. You can also download it on Bandcamp uh, on his Bandcamp page. So that being said, today I still can come here. He is honestly, hands down, my all- uh, visual artist. Probably one of my, my all-time favorite filmmaker here in San Francisco. Um, my palms are sweating, actually. <laughs> I'm sure everyone is lis- everybody listening knows uh, who this person is, or honestly should definitely check out what he is doing, in my humble opinion. I have Paul Clipson here in the studio. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been wanting to do this for a while, so <laughs> definitely thank you um, for, for stopping by our really hot, steaming it's beautiful outside it's so nice outside so hopefully we can we can all go to the park or something or the beach (laughs) but thank you for coming um so for me you're you're actually a lot i feel like your work is a a lot like you're, you're like a touring musician um you're working all over the world sort of on tour you're screen you screen your films live often in performance venues uh, you're often known for all of your collaborations, uh, specifically with experimental musicians like Liz Harris, who is known as Gro- Grouper, um, Jeffrey Cantula Desma. Um, so you, you, you definitely have this like long-term relationship with music. So what is it about music that seems to be inspiring or influential in your work in film? Um, well, it's very social and, uh, I, I started making films like this because of a friendship. It was with Jeffrey, Jeffrey Kentula Desma, who you mm-hmm. mentioned, yes. who's a friend of Liz's also. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met where we work, where I still work at SF MoMA here in the city. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as friends do, we just talked about everything we were interested in. And I'm a like film obsessive making films. But um, at the time we met, I was kind of experimenting, but also uncertain and kind of just trying to find directions to go and he was in a band called Tarantel and -hmm. after a little bit of conversation it got to the you know place where he said hey you should show these films you keep talking about to one of our shows Mm -hmm. that was maybe around 2002 2003 and uh it was at Cafe du Nord Mm-hmm. And I wasn't making films the way I do now. I, I kind of just grabbed like 35, 40 minutes of Super 8 film that I had. Things like looking out train windows or just kind of a, observational things that I had collected over several years. And I edited that together. You know, there was no time to talk to the band. I had not met the rest of the band. And I went to the show and I set up and I sh- projected the film. And it was the most amazing thing to me. <laughs> I'm not sure how it was to everybody else, but I thought it was incredible because it went so well. The films seemed to just 
all be created for the music or vice versa. It was a real amazing experience, you know. I don't know if it was an epiphany. It was just one of those things that felt so right. And they seemed happy with it, even though they never looked at the film because they were just playing, Mm -hmm. which is a common thing is that the musicians often at shows, they never know what I'm going to show and I don't know what they're going to play. And that's what happened at that show. And it's generally been like that ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like just sharing these two forms together. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love that sort of environment. I, to me, I'm seeing the film for the first time when I show it with an audience. Mm-hmm. I've cut it and I've you know I've very carefully planned something and how I want the film to flow. But I don't really watch it. I don't experience it until the music is happening. And I don't know what that music is. And it's very visceral. It's really exciting. Sometimes terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just learned that there's no everything is an experience. Everything is like a kind of positive thing that happens. So sometimes, whether or not the music or the film, I guess what I'm saying is there's no synchronization, and that's the most exciting thing about it is that people are associating the audience and myself um, are just going with what's happening and making meaning out of it as they see and listen. And that's yeah, that's what got me into making films. Wonderful. And you were sort of the fifth member of that band. Uh, you were, you're, I, I've watched a lot of interviews with you with the band, which is really Tarantel. cool. Yeah, yeah. Tarantel. No, it was the most, it was a f- really an amazing experience um, just working with Jeffrey because we continued, um, the band didn't really break up. It, it kind of continued doing things and then people went different places and mm-hmm. Jeffrey and I continued, but I just... Some of the things that I learned from watching how they worked is kind of informed how I wanted to make films. I hadn't identified certain processes Mm. um, as a filmmaker, which maybe other filmmakers have, but I didn't. As a filmmaker, I imagined you, you know, write a script and you plan to do something for six months and then you have a week of like nerve wrenching, gut wrenching, difficult experiences shooting, which I've. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make films I didn't know how, like a poet or a painter or a musician, just getting up in the morning or in the middle of the night with an idea and and trying to create it. And I saw that with them making music. And I also saw this accidental quality of just absorbing chance and things, even mistakes and unexpected things in live performance. Um, I remember after a show like in San Diego or in L.A., they were all driving in a van to go to the next show and they were discussing the performance the night before and some amazing thing that happened and they were all mixing each other because they play like drums, bass, keyboard, guitar, but they were mixing each other live so they were changing and modifying each other's music and sound before it went out you know Mm -hmm. and I realized listening to them that they would never figure out like who did what because it was this intangible live thing and and I really liked that rather than a sense of control it was more just a sense of the moment Mm -hmm. so as a filmmaker that's something I I slowly imbibed over months to years of working with them and Jeffrey and people like Liz and a lot of other musicians um, in the Bay Area and other places just interacting with them and seeing how they work is something that's kind of I don't really think about it but I just I really like things like layering and 
delay pedals and loops and um, just creating these cycles of sound and things that have design, but then they're also free of the person who's making them, you know, especially when you're nervous and you're doing something live or even recording. Yeah. There's a certain degree of control, and then there's also just accepting and and feeling like a rhythm that just occurs almost without your will, and I try to search for that making films. Wonderful. Because I'm also a control freak, so I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to work that out and do something. Spontaneity and complete control freak. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so for for the people that have uh, for the people that's listening who haven't gotten a chance to see your work, obviously we're on the radio, so we can't really show your films. Um, we can we can send links, of course, but uh, we can't uh, necessarily show your films right now. Um, you do use a lot of sort of those layering image shots, mostly in I think you use eight millimeter for the most part. Um, lots of images of environments, uh, individual people, um, close-up shots, overexposures, and uh, it—it's—it's it, it's super complex, and it's—it um, has this like really interesting dreamlike feel. So, when you start shooting, do you have something in mind? Are you? Do you create a narrative before you start? You know, you start shooting something. Um, and that sort of has a narrative within itself as a film without a soundtrack. Yeah, it's just kind like of a mixture. Yeah, it's kind of a mixture. Sometimes it's very much a day-to-day just feeling the impulse or or a pro, you know like a show is coming up in a month or two weeks and having the impulse to create new work and um, but setting off like on a walk and just looking for what happens and looking for what you see, you know. Mm-hmm. I really like um, there's a term the derive which is a Guy Debord idea but I think it's also something related to childhood and just walks in general is is a kind of fanciful walk mm-hmm. which he called a derive where it, it was often in a city but it could be anywhere where you walked through a city in a nonsensical way rather than going where you would go to go shopping or to go to the park like walking down streets in Directions you don't plan or repeating places and going back to places or going from one side of the city to the other mm-hmm. and then and then going back and then going somewhere you haven't been before and then kind of like in a way shaping the function of the city in a social way that might create creative inspirations for you mm-hmm. and that's something he described which when I read it I thought everybody does this you know and I felt very close to it as a filmmaker because you do things Illogically, in a way, like I've got to get to the other side of the city where the light is going to be really beautiful because there are no buildings in the way and there's going to be these long shadows and then getting on a bus or biking to the other side of the city and then it's not what you thought, like it got cloudy and then and then accepting that and finding something in like some puddles nearby that look beautiful because of the clouds. So mm-hmm. it's like a weird thing of improv- improvising. Mm-hmm. And that's often like the kind of day of, of making films, what it's like. It's a little bit like, again, letting go, like mm-hmm. a- accepting that you can't maybe film exactly what you wanted to, but then you see something even better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side of your question is just being fascinated by certain things, like suddenly discovering something about looking at a face or reflections and then just getting really fascinated by that and so working in certain themes or areas like filming insects up really close Mm -hmm. and maybe it's also like playing an instrument like a guitar you're just learning aspects of how to play something and so with the camera very often that's like 
periods of filming and over years have just been discovering like what macro lens and how beautiful, how kind of certain textures look up close and like the really, really shallow depth of field. So like beautiful parts of compositions out of focus and then things really sharp in focus. And I often just, I like that because it also has weird kind of senses of thinking, you know, like the camera is almost like thinking and you're watching it think as it focuses through space and finds like a huge spider or something in a web or what have you. Mm-hmm. I like the sense of discovery rather than having a preconceived idea. I like just almost like when you draw on a huge piece of paper and you start in one corner with no subject and then, you know, you spend an hour or two and suddenly this huge environment appears. I like that sort of way of making work. Spectacular. <laughs> and, um, uh, something that I've been thinking about recently, mostly because I have, interestingly enough, seen you play your films in a dance club. Uh, so it it sort of looks like you're live mixing in the same way that a DJ is live mixing, and you know, in the same way that maybe even those live musicians are are, are playing. Um, and uh, you know, you're 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 working with your equipment. And I noticed that you also watch the audience, sometimes the reactions, and it looks pretty much the same when I look over and look at a DJ and he's doing the same thing with records. Hmm. So um, for you, do you feel like playing in a dance club with a DJ is any different or does it is the process pretty similar? Because what I'm seeing objectively looks similar, but it, I don't know if it, it is. Yeah, I don't. I think it's more the spirit. Like, mm. I really like the different environments or the different forms of music, at least to see and study how these things interact, you know, how images and sounds interact. Mm-hmm. And also the environments and the way people are in the environment mm-hmm. and how each of these forms change each other and blur together. I love things blurring together and becoming mistaken and, like, what actually is going on, you know, because what I'm doing is... Um, you know, it could be part of a, a genre called expanded cinema, you know, where people are using multiple projectors and they're modifying the speed of the projectors. Some people make incredible music that sounds like, you know, like some hallucinogenic rave sound, but it's just like the pulse of the motor of the projector. Mm-hmm. All sorts of things with imagery and layering and even burning film live as it's going through the projector because the lamp can burn it. I've oh. Carl Lemieux, who does stuff for Godspeed from Montreal, mm-hmm. I've seen him do that, which is like the, the terrifying thing that one doesn't want to see when projecting films of as course. a filmmaker, but he <laughs> creates this this beauty and it's also even has a sense of animation it seems like it's an animation you know interesting and so but everything i do is all filmed and then i'm just showing it you know on a reel Mm -hmm. so it's a more kind of classical approach in terms of functionality it's just a film in the back of the space projecting on a screen it's Mm -hmm. it's very simple but i think where the connection is is that um i feel like i'm kind of doing a performance when i'm filming so even the way like a drummer or a guitar like gesture the repeated gestures of like strumming the guitar or playing something mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of repetition in the films without thinking about it but it's a bit like i like kind of or like the gesture of drawing like creating lines and cross hatches when you're drawing like an image i feel like i i've started to fracture and layer images in that way because I keep finding that the way that they associate with sound like whether it's 
in a dance space or an ambient, more abstract sort of thing, or Tarantel, which was almost, you know, like a, a rock group ensemble, even though it, would, it, it could sound very um, abstract too. I'm just like, I never stop being fascinated by how these things appear to be happening live, like what you said. Because a lot of people often look over at the projector to see if where's the other projector that's kind of adding, you know, because <laughs> yeah. of the layers and stuff. Yeah. And um, and then beyond that, what's really fascinating, like recently, the last show I did with Liz in New York, there was a part where she was playing really quietly and the images were really dramatic, mm-hmm. like really dramatic movement. And so they seemed to be, well, they were. They were kind of an opposite spaces like in terms of movement if if images almost have their own sound so th- my my images were kind of loud and her music was quiet but they had a beautiful interaction so i guess what i mean is the contrast it's not always about how much things look like they fit it, you know the way that we know sync things synchronize and how we experience the world and everything mm-hmm. I'm, I like the way that they, they kind of move apart from each other. It kind of creates these intensities and then really beautiful contrasts. Because, you know, the, they are different things. Mm-hmm. And they stay different things. But we we experience them as one thing somehow. It's like, yeah. That's really beautiful. Um, and uh, since you often screen with musicians, of course, uh, you don't usually know what they're going to play. Um, so when you when yeah you no hear- I never know what they're gonna play unless you know sometimes on a tour um, they're playing similar things you know maybe over like seventeen shows which would be the longest I've done a tour mm-hmm. but Taranto was a great that was the first band that I was involved in doing this with they were great because they were very and I'm in a in the best possible sense they were very erratic mm-hmm. and um, so every show was different. And um, that was fantastic. I was more interested in that rather than trying to perfect something, was just that it be a different experience every time. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so what's coming up next in the world of Paul Clipson? Do you have any shows or projects that uh, you are working on anytime soon that people might want to check out? Um. Thank you for asking. The well, the next show is at ATA on April twenty second. Yeah, I gave you a poster, <laughs> and um, it's called Silent Lights, and it's at Artist Television Access nine ninety two Valencia, very close to here. Mm-hmm. Um, Eight o'clock, uh, and strangely, it's going to be silent, which I've never done before, which is funny since we're talking about this. But it's, right. it's a silent show of. A lot of my favorite films in Super 8, and I've also been shooting in 16 recently. Ah. Um, so it'll be like, you know, 70 or 90 minutes of films, but silent, just to kind of explore. It was Farah Akrami, one of the programmers and great people at ATA, had asked me to do something like this, you know, if I would try it sometime. So it's going to be an experiment of sorts. And after that, um, the week after, the following Thursday, I think it's the 28th, um, Mm -hmm. I'll be showing films with uh, Grouper, with Liz Harris at the Swedish American Hall. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's two shows. Oh, it's two shows. Yeah. I don't know the times. One's maybe like at seven and one's at nine or ten or something. Yeah, one's at seven. The other one I did not know about. I think there are two. So maybe if there aren't, 
yeah, some investigation should be done. But I, mm-hmm. I'd heard there were two because we were talking about doing two different performances, like different films, you know. So because I talked to somebody and they said, oh, I've got tickets to both. So I was like, oh, no, it can't be the same film then. Gonna, <laughs> it's got to be different. You have to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And Danny Paul Grody from Tarantel is going to be opening. Mm-hmm. Great friend and fantastic musician will be Very. opening both. Very exciting. So I, I know that April 28th for sure. Definitely check out that second date. Um, it's an early show, Thursday night. Um, so you can ditch work as early as possible uh, to go to the Swedish American Music Hall and see grouper Danny Paul Grody and uh, Paul Clipson. Uh, so that being said, I'm going to try something very, very different. And I am going to have Paul take over the show for the next hour and a half uh did you have anything in mind in terms of what you were going to play lots of soundtracks yeah very cool Um, i love soundtracks so some soundtracks and then also some favorite tracks just a few of many that there are but of musicians that i've worked with like liz and jeffrey Mm -hmm. um so i might put some of those in between okay uh that is uh, Paul Clipson DJing, which will be really exciting, um, on Infinite Beat here in Radio Valencia. And that will start right after this track. Thank you.
ネクタイを気にして死んだ寝ぼけが丘のクロシアは寒そうに震えてた
goodbye And it happens every day When some passerby Invites your eye To come her way Even as she smiles a quick hello You let her go You let the moment fly Too late you turn your head You know you said the long goodbye There's a long goodbye And it happens every day When some passerby invites your eye to come his way Even as he smiles a quick hello You've let him go You've let the moment fly Can you recognize the theme On some other street Two people meet As in a dream Running for a plane through the rain They could be lovers